one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to recap Bangladesh's historic win over Australia in the first test with champions Jason Gillespie and Mike Hussey. But before we hear from Dizzy and Mr. Cricket, let's quickly go over what went down in Dhaka. Bangladesh won a crucial toss and elected a bat and were quickly reduced to 3 for 10 after Patrick Cummins tore in with the new ball. What followed was perhaps the match-winning partnership of 155 between Tamim Iqbal and Shakib Al-Hassan. Bangladesh were bowled out for 260 with Cummins, Nathan Lyon and the recalled Ashton Agar, each picking up three wickets. Before stumps on day one was called, Australia lost three quick wickets. David Warner, Usman Khawaja and Nightwatchman Lyon all dismissed. Things didn't get much better on day two as Australia collapsed to be 8 for 144, but a 49-run stand between Cummins and Agar saved face before Shakib's five wickets gifted the Tigers a 43-run first innings lead. Iqbal was in the runs again in the second innings, adding 78 to his first innings 71, but that was the only half-century for the Tigers as Lyon spun a web to collect 6 for 82, and bowl the hosts out for 221 and set a victory target of 265. Having brushed off the early loss of Renshaw and Kawaja, Warner stampeded to his first test century outside Australia in nearly three years, and in concert with skipper Steve Smith put on 130 for the third wicket. But Warner's dismissal on 112 sparked a collapse of 8 for 86. Australia bowled out for 244 to lose by 20 runs. Shakib collected 10 wickets for the match and secured a 1-0 series lead. To make matters worse, spearhead Josh Hazewood has been sent home after sustaining a side injury. He's been replaced by New South Wales left-arm spinner Stephen O'Keefe. We've got heaps to discuss and to kick things off, Jason Gillespie joins us. Dizzy, what did you make of that thrilling match in Dhaka? Oh, well, Sam, it was uh, it was a thrilling match in the end, wasn't it? I mean, I, I was following it on uh, social media, on cricket.com.au. I was getting all the updates uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the game long enough to, to um, get all the updates and, and uh, hear in. Um, yeah, it turned into a bit of a thriller. I, you know, I thought, you know, with uh, with Davey and, and Smithy at the crease and, and going well, I, I thought we were in with a real shot. Um, but, you know, fair play to Bangladesh. They, they took wickets at the right time and put pressure on Australia. And, uh, unfortunately, for, for us Aussies, we, you know, couldn't get over the line. Smith said after play that the batsmen have gone backwards a little bit against spin bowling since making some big strides in India. Diz, you're a very accomplished batsman in Bangladesh. Uh, why is it so hard for Australian teams to adapt to those conditions? Look, I, I don't, I don't think it's just Australian teams. So, you know, look, Australia, you know, doesn't have the greatest record uh, playing on um, on those surfaces, and you know, the, the stats over the last decade in Asia um, absolutely back that up. You know, I think Australia um, haven't performed that well um you know there could be many reasons for it you know i think the modern batsman i think you know it must be acknowledged that you know modern batting you know the the drs coming in uh has changed um has changed batting against spin it's, it's brought spinners you know much more into the game you know gone are the days where you can just lunge under the front foot um with an angled bat you know pressing forward and uh you know 
the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you get hit on the pad, the benefit of the doubt will go to you. But those days are gone now. Um, you know, if you're, you know, if you're well down the wicket, um, and you know you miss the ball, it hits on the pad, and it's in lines. You know, umpires are going to give you out, and if the umpire doesn't give you out, DRS will probably give you out. So, you know, <clears throat> that's when you know I think that the lesson there is, you know, you really need to make sure that you're you're making uh, contact with the bat. Um, you know, we see how Asian players go about uh, about their cricket. They um, they look to play, get right forward, and even with their bat well in front of their pad to uh, to you know smother any spin. So you, you either get right out there, or you know, I think the key to batting in Asia is, is your contact points. You either make contact with the ball well outside your crease, um, or you make contact right back. Um, you know the. If you're making contact around your crease or just a little bit in front, you know you, you you are being a little bit vulnerable. So, you know it's just a bit. You know it comes down to you know batting is all about judging length. And the sooner you can judge the length of the ball, the sooner you can get into a position to play that delivery. And you know that's something that you know the Australians. You know I was really pleased to see there was some you know different ways of approaching practice leading up to the the Test match. You know batting without a front pad to encourage. Batters to get right forward, get right back. Um, you know, so there was the preparation in that regard was there, um, but yeah, unfortunately, players weren't able to um, weren't able to um, you know quite get on top of the Bangladesh spinners. Yeah, Usman Kubaja he made his Test return, but it didn't go so well for him. He was uh, run out padding up in the first innings, and then he top edged a sweep in the second dig. Uh, Diz, where do you see his game at right now? Yeah, it was a tough one for Uzi. I mean, he's a fine player. Um, but look, his record in Asia isn't isn't as, as good as uh, it should be. You know, he is a better player than, than probably what has been shown. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, it certainly won't be through a lack of lack of uh, effort on, on his part in in preparing well. Um, you know, I think not just with Uzi, but with you know, with all the Australian team. Um, obviously, the winter that there was, you know, let's had quite a bit of time off, and and we had. Um, you know the the ongoing dispute between the players and the, and cricket Australia, and that that dragged on a little bit. And you know, you, you know, did that? Um, did those did these things distract the preparation time um, of the Australian side going for Bangladesh? You know, these are these are questions that that will be asked, um, I suppose, with the Australian cricket team with their reviewing. But you know, from what I saw and what I've heard, the preparation in Darwin was of of the highest class. There was specific uh, surfaces prepared. Um, to to practice, you know, which emulate what what the lads were going to get in Bangladesh. So, you know, I think the intent, the intentions, and the efforts were there um, to to get the best preparation, considering the whole circumstance over the last few months. Um, but unfortunately, you know, when it came to being out in the middle, um, you know, we weren't quite able to um, get the job done. It's the toughest part with preparation, actually confronting what you're going to face out in the middle, because you can replicate the pitches uh, to the best of your ability. But most of the time, it's the bowlers that you can't replicate and the spinners that have been uh, undoing Australia at the moment are guys that uh, get wickets with the straighter balls, not the ones that spin. So do we need to try and look at a, a way to replicate the bowls as much as the conditions? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that all comes down to preparation and, and trying to, you know, the key is to put yourself in as many different situations and scenarios as possible. So you're not surprised when you get out there in the middle and you're um, facing certain bowlers, bowling certain trajectories, um, certain amount of spin on the ball, or, or or the like. So, but but it comes down to individuals as well. I mean, you know, the 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 team can prepare as well as you can. We can set facilities up, 
but you know, individuals have got to be really clear on what their plan is. Uh, when they go out and face each and every bowler, they need to know what each bowler does, how they go about their work, what are the what are the threats, what are the opportunities to score, and you know, each player has to have a really specific plan against each of the bowlers that they're confronting. And um, you know, I'm not for one second saying that hasn't been done because you know, I'm, I'm certain knowing. You know, all the um, you know the coaching staff and, and knowing Cricket Australia how they're really trying hard to you know get get uh, conditions and facilities right for players. Yeah, you know, I don't certainly don't think that that's been an issue. I, I just think it just comes down to you know it is it is foreign conditions. You can emulate um, conditions as much as you can in Darwin, but it's not Dhaka, and you know the the surfaces are slightly different. You can you, you know you can try and get the conditions as specific as you can, but it isn't exactly what's confronted. And, you know, inter-trials inter are great, um, you know, but, but coming up against genuine opposition um, is, is probably the, the best preparation you can have in those conditions. So I think not having that practice match, you know, and I thought Smithy spoke, spoke well. He said it's not an excuse that we, you know, that we lost because we didn't have a practice match. But I think in the back of his mind, in the back of you know the Australian cricket team's mind, you know it would have been great to have that preparation match, um, the practice match before the first test in Bangladesh, as opposed to practice match in Darwin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Australia suffered a massive blow on day three when Josh Hazelwood he left the field uh, midway through and over uh, with what's being confirmed as a side strain. Is how important is Hazelwood to this bowling attack, not only in Bangladesh, but if we look a little bit further ahead to the Ashes this summer. Look, look, Hazelwood's one of the best fast bowlers in the world, and uh, you know he's he's crucial to the Australian uh, bowling lineup. Uh, obviously, him, Stark, Cummins, Pattinson, and Bird, probably the, the five quicks that potentially will be used, um, you know, in the Australian summer. Um, so, look, uh, Hazelwood is absolutely vital, and you know, I'm hoping it's not too serious. And uh, you know, everyone's done the done the side. Uh, every fast bowler worth his salt has uh, has hurt his side at some stage uh, in their careers, and. Look, it's just it's one of those injuries that does happen. Um, you know, you, you can do all the preparation uh, bowling-wise and, and in the gym and, and on the track all you want, but every now and again, you know, injuries do return. Um, you know, I suppose all your preparation and, um, you know, preparing your body to bowl fast, you know, you, there are always going to be uh, injuries from time to time, but, you know, the, the training, the, what that does is help minimise those, those chances and... Uh, you know, unfortunately for Josh, he's, he's injured, but he'll be he'll be back. He'll he'll uh, let the body repair, and he'll be back and uh, fit and firing sooner sooner than later. Now, the national selection panel have replaced Hazelwood with Stephen O'Keefe, which has left a many a fan somewhat surprised. Dizzy, you tweeted that uh, Victoria's John Holland, who was in Darwin for that pre-tour training camp, would have been the more predictable uh, pick. So, why do you think the NSP went with O'Keefe? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, the reason I, I put that message out is. Uh, I thought, you know, I was under the impression and maybe the naivety on my part was that um, Steve, uh, Steve O'Keefe was uh, under suspension and, you know, for various um, various things. Um, so I, I naively believed that he probably wasn't in the frame uh, in the selector's mind at the time. So uh, hence with Ashton Agar being the preferred option, uh, left arm spin option going on this tour to Bangladesh um, and with John Holland being up in Darwin, I... I probably naively assumed that that was the logical step that they were going to take. That um, had they decided to replace uh, Josh, um, you know, if it wasn't going to be a seam bowler, then 
thought, you know, potentially that John Holland was going to be next cab off the rank. Um, you know, John is a fine bowler and has had some real success in the in the um, Sheffield Shield. He had that, that after that practice match in Darwin and performed well. Um, so I think a lot of people, you know, just assume that he would be the, the next bowler. But look, Steve O'Keefe's got some um, got some cricket behind him in terms of Test cricket in, in the last 12 months and uh, and performed well in India. Um, and they feel that his control, you know, he bowls stump to stump. He's, he's not a huge turner of the ball, but um, you know, as you alluded to before, um, you know, sometimes the wickets that are falling at the moment are to the to the straight ones. Uh, we see uh, Harath from Sri Lanka get a lot of wickets with his subtle variations. And, and I think the selection panel sees Steve Smith as a similar type. Uh, Steve O'Keefe, sorry, as a similar type bowler. All right. Well, that being said. Is uh, put your selectors cap on. What are going to be the uh, selection changes for the second test? Well, if if media reports are to be believed, it it appears that Steve O'Keefe will be uh, picked, which brings a bit of a conundrum. Do you just take the one seam option, and um, or do you shore up and you know have someone who can bowl a few overs of seam like a Hilton Cartwright and play your, your three spinners? Um, you know, Mitchell Swepson's on tour. Um, but it appears, you know, if you if you read the media reports, that he's probably not going to be considered. I think it'd be a, a good move to potentially give him the opportunity. Um, you'd have a, you know, with, if if they were going to go that spin option and, and not play Jackson Bird or Hilton Cartwright, then you know why not Swepson? You've got a left arm spinner, right arm spinner, or two right arm spinners in Lyon and Maxwell, and then you'd have a, a wrist spinner who brings a little bit of that X factor uh, in. So, you know, that that would be something I would think about. Um, but from what the selectors have done and brought Stephen O'Keefe over, are they bringing Stephen O'Keefe over to Bangladesh to carry the drinks? Um, that would be the, the only reason I would think that he was going to play. Yeah, it would be a strange one to draft another left-arm spinner into the side and then not play him. But I guess it determines it's going to be determined on what the pitch is like in Chittagong. You've got to feel for someone like Jackson Bird who's carried the drinks in Sri Lanka, India, and now might not get a look in uh, in Bangladesh, even when another fast bowler goes down. Yeah, and, and look, it, it, it will come down to what the selectors, what the captain and coach feel is going to be the best uh, combination of bowlers, uh, seam or spin, that are going to allow Australia to take 20 wickets. That has to be the, the criteria. If they feel Jackson can Jacksonburg can contribute to strongly to taking 20 wickets, well then he'll be considered and he'll play. Uh, but if they feel that another slow bowling option will be um, more applicable, then that's the way they'll go. And that might be a little bit harsh on uh, Jacksonburg, um, but if that's the case, so be it. And that's what that's what um, you know the selectors, the captain, have got to decide what, what is going to be the best combination to take 20 wickets on that surface. Uh, Dizzy, Shakib Alassane was rightly named man of the match for his 10 wickets and he's 84 in the first innings. He's the number one all-rounder in the world for a reason. Surely a BBL club has to get him out here for this summer somewhere. Yeah, look, he's a fine player and uh, I think he's the, the first um, the first all-rounder in the history of the game to score 80-plus um, in an innings and 10-wicket uh, haul twice in, a, in Test cricket. So... You know, that's uh, fair dues to him. Uh, I think he's got five wickets in innings against every test-playing nation. Um, gee whiz, what a, what a cricketer and what a competitor. And look, we, we may well see him in, um, you know, in big bash colours somewhere. He has played in the past. He, he's represented the strikers in the past. Um, but look, you, you never know. Um, a, you know, a big bash side 
you know, may look at um, at him as a you know an all rounder, someone who can bowl well in the in the uh, in the middle of an innings and uh, and gives him a whack. He, he, you know, he could be someone that a, a big bash franchise will look at for sure. What about this series as a whole? Do you reckon, regardless of which way it goes, Dizzy, will it have an impact on the Ashes at all? It's hard to see it having a huge impact, if I'm perfectly honest. And the reason I say that is because the conditions are going to be so vastly different. The you know Australia, we know Australian conditions. Uh, the ball will carry through to the wicketkeeper and the and the slips. Um, you know, bowling attacks will be, you know, more pace orientated. Um, so I look, I can't see it having a huge bearing. You know, look, w- winning Test matches is you know is, is a great habit to get into. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, and, and Australia will, will desperately want to win this game at Chittagong. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to have a huge bearing um, on the Ashes. Um, much like the you know, England's recent loss to in test match at Headingley. I, I don't think it's going to have a huge bearing. The Ashes are still quite a while away yet. So I, I don't think overall it's going to have a massive bearing. Well, there was a bit of an, uh, an upset over there at, at Leeds. Um, did your old stomping ground. Uh, but what about heading into the Ashes? <laughs> if, you, if you take away these two series, uh, which side has more question marks regarding their best 11, Australia or England? Well, well, I think both teams have got big question mark over their um, number three in the batting order, whether, you know, I think a lot of people think that, you know, the, the best players, um, you know, bat at number three and, and Australia uh, have got, you know, both captains, you know, Joe Root and Steve Smith, uh, you know, it appears that they like to bat at number four um, in the batting order. Um, but, you know, they could well go head to head at number three uh, each. Um, you know, I think, you know, having, you know, potentially having your best player uh, in that pivotal number three. Um, um, so it'll be interesting to see which way both sides go um, in, in that regard. So for me, you know, that, that those are probably the the, the number one um, question as to um, what's going to happen with both sides. Because at the moment, Tom Wesley is the number three for for England. Uh, we've just seen Uzi Uzi's playing, um, you know, for Australia at the moment in Bangladesh. Um, but when it comes to Australia, I probably it'll be likely that we'll see Usman Khawaja batting at three for Australia in the Ashes. Um, but I'm not so sure about Wesley for uh, England. I think he'd need to probably put in a um, a really strong performance against West Indies at the next their next Test match um, for him to have any chance to retain his spot in the England side. Just touching on England, uh, Diz, you're currently working with Papua New Guinea as their interim head coach, but uh, England's bowling coach, Otis yep. Gibson, he's uh, officially been named South Africa's new head coach. So is that England bowling gig something that you'll be looking into? Look, I, I haven't thought about it, to be honest, Sam. It's, um, you know, it hasn't, hasn't been something that, that I've thought about. You know, I'm committed to the Adelaide Strikers. We've got, uh, we're pretty excited about the Big Bash coming up uh, in December, January. Um, you know, I've, I've got some commitments uh, leading up to Big Bash as well, so it's again, you know, it's not something I've I've spoken to anyone about. You know, I, I think as with everything, you, you listen. If, if someone gives you a call and says we want to have a have a conversation, you listen, have a conversation. But to be honest, at this point, uh, it's not something I'm thinking about. And does the same go for uh, the Ireland and Sri Lanka coaching gigs? There's a couple of vacancies out there in the international coaching world <laughs> yeah, at the moment. There, there is. I mean, there is Sam, but there was a reason why I. Up at Yorkshire, uh, it was to to come back to Australia and uh, bring our family and get settled back in Australia. And uh, 
and spend a bit more time at home. And, uh, you know, certainly for the short term, that, that's what I'm looking at at the moment. Um, there's probably, you know, short-term opportunities um, just to broaden my coaching experience. And then, uh, you know, when a when an opportunity comes on that, uh, along that I think I can sink my teeth into and think that, you know, I can make a difference, then it might be something I'll put my hand up for. But um, at this stage, um, just looking to focus on the Adelaide Strikers uh, in the Big Dash. Touching on the strikers, what can we expect from them uh, in BBLO 7? I think we're up to now. What's uh, What can we expect we from, from uh, the, the striker nation in 2017-18? Look, we just, we just want to go out there and entertain um, you know, our supporters and um, put on a bit of a show. And you know, We're really excited about um, you know, what's coming up. You know, we know the Big Bash is a very tough competition, um, but we feel that you know, we've got the players to to go out there and um, you know and play play some nice positive cricket and and enjoyable to watch you know that that type of that, that style of cricket we like to think that you know we go out there and show a bit of pride and a bit of passion and and go out there and, and give it our very best and and that's all we can ask and you know hopefully uh, our supporters can resonate with that and and, and see the players go out there and represent the strikers and uh, hopefully come away with a few wins. Wonderful. Thanks for your time, Dizzy. Uh, let's hope next time we speak, uh, it'll be after an Australian win. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the next test at Chittagong. It should be a great one and, you know, hope for an Aussie win. For part two of our first test recap, we welcome Mike Hussey on the show. Mike, how shocked were you when you saw the result in Dhaka? Oh, yeah, I was shocked. Um, you know, obviously the guys fought back really well after being behind on the first innings and, um, yeah, coming into that last day with Smith and Warner at the crease. So I was I was hopeful that they could, uh, you know, get through and get the job done. But, you know, you, you never know in subcontinental conditions. Uh, you can lose wickets very quickly. And um, so I was I was just hopeful that they could, you know, get, get through that first hour. And if we had got through that first hour, then um, hopefully we would have been right. But um, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out that way. And uh, a historic win for Bangladesh. Well, I mean, what's happened, Mike, is Australia performed so well against the spinning ball in India against two of the best spinners in the world. And there's no disrespect to, to Bangladesh's spinners, but they just seem to have forgotten all that stuff they'd learned um, that they'd accumulated in India. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. It, it did, um, they did play very well against India in Indian conditions. Um, it, it, it's not easy. You know, they're coming off a long break. Um, uh, of not much cricket, uh, uh, the, I know there was a short camp up in um, in Darwin, which would have been you know good to get the get the guys going. But Darwin conditions aren't the same as as what they were playing on in Bangladesh, and unfortunately the warm up game was washed out, uh, so they didn't really get any sort of match time practice leading into that first test. And and, and I've always been a big believer of, of getting into the home conditions as early as you possibly can. So uh, even just one warm up game, um, I'm not sure whether that would have been enough. Uh, you know, preparation in those local conditions to be, make sure you're ready to go 100% prepared for playing in, in those Bangladesh conditions. So, uh, and as it turned out, with the rain, um, they didn't get any any sort of uh, match preparation there. So, it makes it pretty difficult coming into that first test. And uh, and um, and then, oh, I just think, you know, the first innings in the subcontinent is so important. Uh, so, you know, you've got to try and pile on as many runs as you can uh, in the first innings because you know it's only going to get harder and harder in the second innings. And to be honest, I, I thought the guys showed a fair bit of spirit and a fair bit of fight to, to bat um, as well as they did in the second innings because, um, yeah, it, it obviously looked like really challenging conditions by the end. 
well, the, the batting pillar in that second innings was Dave Warner, who scored his second century in Asia. Uh, he had a pretty disappointing test series in India, but he must have been pretty glad to get that monk off his back, Mike. Oh, it was a fantastic innings. Uh, it really was. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why you know he, he hasn't you know um, scored as many runs away from home. I, I, I don't know why why that has happened because you know he's he's obviously a class player um, and he has a great record. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny how these sort of things work out. Sometimes how, how you sort of struggle um, in certain places or against certain particular bowlers. I, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll be very very happy with that. But it's sort of bittersweet, really, um, because you know he wasn't able to help the boys get over the line and, and have a win. You know, it would be it would have meant a lot more to him if, if he could have played a great innings like that in the second innings uh, in difficult conditions, but uh, Australia winning as well. Then then I think he would have it would have meant even more to him. Yeah. On, on the flip side is Usman Khawaja, the number three. He got recalled into the side. He looked pretty frantic out there in the first innings when he padded up to that ball and then tried to scamper through for a single. He just didn't get going in his second knock. Uh, now, the, the doubters about Usman say that he's not uh, the best player of spin bowling, but he wasn't the only batsman to fail in that test match, and he hasn't played a game since January, Mike. You've played with him. Where's was he at right now? Yeah, well... Yeah, you shouldn't be judging you know someone on a couple of innings, and one of those innings he was run out. So yeah, you're right. He hasn't played uh, any cricket for so long, um, so it's going to take time for him to get back in and get it back up to speed. Um, you know, into into that match sort of match sort of hardness, I guess. Uh, even at the IPL, he just sort of sat on the bench the whole time. So yeah, it, it's it's difficult. It's going to be difficult, and it's going to take a little bit of time. But um, I, I just think. That you know, I know there's going to be the doubters out there, but he's a quality player and he's class. Um, and and if you just show the faith and you just show the um, you know show that you believe in him, then you'll get the best out of him. If if you start chopping and changing and uh, sending him uh, those messages that you're not backing him, then then you're going to get you know you're going to get these inconsistent performances. And and, and it's sort of shown with someone like Nathan Lyon. He, he throughout his career has had a lot of doubters and a lot of critics. But the selectors have shown faith in him over a period of time and believed in him. Um, and look, look at him now. Um, he, he's repaid that uh, in spades. So I, I, I kind of think that Usman Khawaja is in the same boat. We, we know he's a good player. We know he's got class. Just, just show that belief and faith in him and he will repay it in spades, I, I promise you. What are the bats we're going to have to do in the space of only a few days, Mike, to turn around before the second test in Chittagong on Monday? Well, I, I think to try and yeah, that, that that's probably that, that's probably a good question. In that they've got to try and stay positive. Um, no point sort of you know walking around kicking cans and being down on themselves, getting into a negative frame of mind. I think they've got to try and take whatever learnings they got individually and collectively out of out of the um, out of the match, and really try and apply that to their their preparation leading into the next test. So. Um, that they'll be they'll be better prepared now. They'll know what to expect. They'll, they'll hopefully they they can crystallise their plans uh, individually um, against the the different bowlers in the Bangladesh attack. And uh, and and that that's part of it. Is is maybe coming into the first test, perhaps some of the guys weren't one hundred percent sure exactly how they wanted to play and and how they could have success in those conditions against those bowlers. But hopefully now they've taken a lot of learnings from that first test. Okay, and, and then are a lot clearer um, and, and maybe more confident about how they want to go about it. Um, and, and certainly from watching um, someone like a Warner go about it, I, I'm sure they could pick little bits of, of his game. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's just all about sort of adapting as quickly as you can. 
And this is a very young team, isn't it, Mike? If you look down the list, and I think they showed a graphic on the coverage about this, that uh, there's a lot of guys in that team that have played 10 or fewer games of Test cricket for Australia. I mean, look at Renshaw. He's only new. Hanscom's only new. Uh, Pat Cummins has been around for a long time, but he's only played four Tests. Ashton Agar is in the same boat as him. And Glenn Maxwell, who's another player that's been on the international stage a lot but hasn't played a lot of Test match cricket, we may be going a little bit too hard on these guys uh, considering how young and inexperienced they are. Yeah, I think people probably forget that. Uh, definitely. Um, and unfortunately, when you're in the Australian cricket team, the expectations are really high. Uh, we've obviously had a lot of success over the years. Um, the players um, put high expectations on themselves, the public, the media, the, the coaches. Um, you know, we, we, we expect excellence from the team. So, But yeah, you, you do need to appreciate that, yeah, there's a lot of young players, um, inexperienced players, and, and particularly inexperienced in, um, in, in those subcontinental conditions. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Well, well, you know, quite a few of the experts did say it was, it's going to be a challenge. It's, it's not just going to be a turn up and just wipe over Bangladesh. In their condition, they're a much improved team. They've got players that have been together now for a number of years, have continuity in their team. They have a lot more experience. They have an understanding of, of what it takes to be successful in international cricket. So, you know, I, well, I personally, I knew this was going to be a really challenging series. Pat Cummins, uh, he, we all know what he can do with the ball, Mike, but he had a pretty great game with the bat as well. Two very important innings and almost got Australia home in the end, uh, slogging a few sixes there at the end. Can he become a genuine all-rounder? Has he got that ability to bat even higher up in the order? Yeah, definitely. I, I think so. Um, yeah, I think... Everyone loves Pat Cummins because because of of the, his character traits. You know, we, we all marvel at his you know um, his abilities and his natural talent and, and things like that. But you know, he 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 is you know you can just tell he plays the game for the right reasons. You know, you can tell his heart's really in it. And you can tell he never gives up. He fights. He's he's, he's got that real Australian sort of um, you know character traits about him and. Uh, and that's why I think the public warmed, warmed to him so much. You know, yes, yes, we love his natural ability, but it's more the way he plays the game. You know, he plays it hard, he plays it fair. He's always got a big smile on his face. Um, yeah, he's just got great character, and 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 that really shines through for me. And um, I actually was in touch with him the, the night before, and, and I said um, my last words to him was, you know, uh, I'm backing you in to hit the winning runs for Australia tomorrow. And um, uh, and yeah, it would have been nice to see. Uh, would have been nice to see him do it, but uh, he got us close, but uh, unfortunately not, not, not quite close enough. Where do you think that batting ability has come from? Has he always had it? I mean, he's had a lot of uh, back injuries and injuries throughout his, uh, his young career, but uh, do you think maybe all that time not bowling has put more effort into his batting and, and can <laughs> genuinely play as, a, as an all-rounder and give Australia even more flexibility in their order? Well, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask him that, um, but... Uh, I think the reason why I think he, he can get so much better um, is that, you know, as you said, he's had so many injuries that he hasn't played a lot of cricket. So the more he plays, the more continuity he gets with his game. And, and batting's are like a long journey. So, you know, yes, there's going to be some ups and downs along the way, but the more he gets into match situations and figures his way through certain situations, um, the more he plays in, in those tough situations as well, he's just going to get better and better. Um, so, yeah, it'll still take time. But um, but yeah, I think he's got all the attributes there to become yeah become a really good contributor with the bat. There's going to be at least one change for the second test uh, with Joshy Hazelwood ruled out 
the side injury. Uh, Steve O'Keefe's been flown over as his replacement. Did that O'Keefe selection surprise you, Mike? I must admit it did surprise me a little bit, um, particularly when um, you know they'd obviously picked Ashton Agar um, to, to you know play that role, and and also that uh, I think O'Keefe missed out on a on a uh, CA contract as well. So from that point of view, I, I, I was, but they're obviously. Um, you know, picking for the conditions, and, and um, they obviously think that the the pitch in the second test is going to be um, just just like the first, um, take a lot of spin, and, and perhaps perhaps the selectors will look just to play the one out and out fast bowler, maybe bring in someone like a um, a Hilton Cartwright to help out with the ball, and and then play what three out and out spinners plus Maxwell can help out as well. So uh, you know, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's the way they're going to go. I, I don't know. What would you do, Mike, if you're a selector? What would you would you make any changes? It sounds like you want to give Usman another go. Definitely. What about that bowling attack? Is yep. it a bit of a risk going with only one fast bowler over there? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, it's hard for me to say from so far away. You need to look at the um, need to, need to be able to look at the conditions. Uh, you know, coming in and and um, uh, I, I guess I guess the reason why they brought him over there is that they've already got Jackson Bird over there. So if they want to go with the two quicks, they've got another quick ready to go. But if they did want to go. With just the one quick and um, Hilton Cartwright, uh, and then the extra spinner. At least they've got the extra spinner there. I, I know Schwepson's there as well, um, uh, but it, yeah, maybe maybe they're sort of thinking that uh, a left arm, another left arm spinner option is uh, is the way might be the way to go. So I think maybe they're just covering their bases there. Um, it, it, it may, at this stage, maybe it's not an indication that that O'Keefe will come straight in and play. Um, maybe Schwepson might play if they decide to go that uh, another another spinner. But yeah, yeah maybe um, maybe Bird will play. It, it just depends on the conditions in the lead up to it. But I guess at least they've just got all the bases covered um, with with whatever whichever way they want to go. Well, Australia lost. They got the Ashes coming up. England also lost. Uh, they lost to the West Indies by five wickets on the final day in Leeds. It was a stunning comeback from the Windies after losing the first test by an innings. What do you reckon, Mike? Is that just a blip on the radar for England? Or are there some serious concerns about their 11? No, I think for, you've got to give credit to the Windies. You know, that's an outstanding effort. Um, I thought they played really well. I, I, personally, I think it's just a blip on the radar for England. Um, I think they've got a very good team. Uh, they've got some outstanding players. Uh, perhaps, perhaps their top order seems a little bit more unsettled and, and there's some new players in there that we haven't really heard too much about. They, they must be... There must be quality, but um, um, yeah, not, not as not as settled or not as sort of strong as perhaps they've been in the past. But um, but no, you still got some pretty pretty good players all the way down the list. So you know, anyone can have a bad game, um, and if you get a few guys uh, having bad games together, then then quite often it can cost you a test match at that at that level. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think again, you know, both, both the results really. It just goes to show how important the first innings is. Um, get, getting a really good big score in that first innings just just makes such a difference, um, you know. Uh, in you know, and has a, has a big say in how the test match could 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 turn out. And England and Australia, their lives are, are pretty similar. They've got an experienced opener. Their captain is a champion middle order batsman. They've got uh, all rounders and a fairly settled bowling attack. But an inexperienced batting core, especially England, who have been trying a few guys out. This summer, does that lead to a, what's going to be a really even contest in the Ashes coming up this summer? Yeah, that, that's what I'm most intrigued about with the Ashes. Um, I think um, is is how they're how they're yeah which top order batsmen they go for and, and how they're going to fare in Australian conditions. You know, and 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 how they deal with the, the enormity of an Ashes series and, and the hype that goes with it. It's it's going to be huge. And 
if, if Australia can really put pressure on their top order and take early wickets, then that's going to put enormous pressure on, on the middle order and, and also the bowlers, you know, when they come out and play. So that, that, could, be, that could be one of the defining um, parts of the series, how that England top order goes. If, if England top order perform well, then, then I think it's going to be an extremely tight series. Um, you know, you talk about their all-rounders and their class sort of in the middle to lower order. They've got a very good attack. Uh, yeah, it, you know, but, but if, if Australia get on top and take early wickets, um, then, then, you know, Australia will then have the momentum and, and, and you'll feel like England is, is sort of on the back foot a little bit. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I sort of feel like that, that that could be a critical, a critical part of the whole series. And do you think with only one test left now between or now and that first test in Brisbane uh, next week at Lords for England, do you think they've just got to give these guys Milan, Wesley, and Stoneman? They've just got to give them that test match and and pick them for Australia because there's not much time left. There's this game, then a couple of county games left in the season. Is it now just pick them, stick with them, and and hope for the best? I, I think so, but personally, um, you know, I, I think. You'd hope you'd hope that you'd pretty much identified the team that you want or the squad that you want for the Ashes, you know um, where, where they're at now. Um, so yeah, if, if they haven't identified, you know, their best, pretty much their best team now, then um, you know that that's yeah, it's it's not the greatest start for them really. So if 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 they have identified these guys, this is who we're going to bring to Australia for the Ashes, then um, then I, yeah, definitely you've got to give these guys as much opportunity as they can. Get them used to used to the environment. Get them used to the team. Um, building trust and relationships with your teammates, um, but also giving them that faith and um, and uh, and belief that uh, you know you're the man for the job. Go out there and, and play play your way and, and feel feel confident that you know feel confident in the role. That, that that's 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 a huge part of the battle of having success in international cricket is is feeling like you belong there and feeling like you're good enough to be there and feeling like you've got the backing of of the people, um, you know, in, in those uh, exalted positions. Finally, Mike, we'll go back home for a little bit. And the Thunder, you're still the list manager there. Shakib Al-Assam was man of the match in that that first test. Could the Thunder use a player like him on their books for BB Low 7? <laughs> He'd be pretty handy, wouldn't he? Um, yeah, I think Bangladesh have got a bit of cricket uh, on during during the um, BBL time. So uh, I'm not sure on, on the availability. Um, uh, so, so it might be a bit of a struggle. Plus, we've got three spinners on our list already. So, uh, um, so pro- probably not from a Thunder perspective. We're, we're pretty happy with our spin stocks. Um, but yeah, he's obviously a quality, quality player, quality all rounder. Um, and he's played in Big Bash before. He's got experience playing here before. So, uh, yeah, but pro- probably not for the Thunder on this occasion. How is the Thunder roster looking ahead of the season? Yeah, it's coming together nicely. Um, yeah, we've got some big announcements to make probably in due course. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty happy. We've just got a couple of spots left um, to fill. And, um, and yeah, we're sort of uh, pr- pretty happy where things are at. We're going to have a few challenges along the way. Obviously, Pat Cummins is probably not going to be available for the season uh, due to international um, commitments uh, with the Australian team, which, which will test, test us a little bit. But we're, we're trying to put things in place to cover that as best as we possibly can. And, and then possibly... Well, probably um, Usman Khawaja might miss um, part of the tournament as well, um, you know, due to uh, test uh, test match commitments as well. So uh, we're, we're sort of planning for that as well, and um, yeah, quite happy with you know how the squad's coming together. All right, thank you very much for your time, Mike. Appreciate it as always. No worries, mate.
that's it for today's episode. We'll be back next week to recap the second test from Chittagong. But until then, for all your new scores and video of the Qantas tour of Bangladesh, head to cricket.com.au. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.